0: Well, hello, and welcome to the Sabbatarianism podcast. My name is Justin. I am the host. I have Richard Davis with me. Hello. Hello, Justin. Uh, unfortunately, Neil Saul is not with us again. He's still out ill. He's He might be out for a while. We, we just don't know. He's He's got some pretty serious things going on, and we're praying for him, uh, and hopefully he can get back soon. He's a great addition to the show, and we like to have him, him with us. We've been out for almost a month now. Have we? Uh, Yeah. They were working on the roof here in the building we were in and didn't think that would make a very good uh, audio recording with with people working on the roof as we tried to record. (laughs) So we didn't come in those days and had some personal issues. So it's been about a month. So if you're listening to this right after the other one, uh, we might repeat ourselves because it's been a month and we're old.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure.
0: And just kind of forget things like that. So, we are going to continue in the book of Luke. Uh, We're going to start in chapter 21. And Richard, do you have anything that you want to bring up or bring out?
1: No, I think the best thing to do at this point, just jump right into it.
0: All right. Well, if you're good, go ahead.
1: Okay. Chapter 21, verse 1 of Luke. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury, and he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. So he said, Truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all, for all these out of her abundance have put in offerings for God, but she out of her poverty
0: put in all the livelihood that she had. So it's all these out of their abundance speaking about the rich people, right?
1: That's right.
0: And, And this poor lady... Gave everything she had, even though it was only two mites. It meant more to him. That's what he's saying here. Yeah, right? because it
1: meant more to her, right? But by no means was he encouraging religious leaders to tell poor widows that they ought to give the every last, single thing every, they have, every right. last dime to them, so that they could have what you know they think they need to have. He was making a, just making a difference in the spirit and the attitude of the giver. Yes. Then as some spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and donations, he said, These things which you see, the days will come in which not one stone should be left upon another that should not be thrown down. He's making a point about how worthless those things are, really, when you put rich things and ornate things into physical temples.
0: The that, physical temple never meant anything to God, no, to the Messiah. That's right, and we talked about it just this last week. That, in, what is it in Isaiah where he says, "What can you ever build for me?"
1: Yeah, Isaiah sixty six, and even back when David first asked to build a temple, God expressed uh, his indifference to that. He said, "When have I ever asked for such a thing?" But if you want to, I'll let you do it. But you know, traditionally. It seems like a lot of money has been given to churches or church organizations to build great, big, ornate, fancy buildings, and a lot of money has been taken from poor people.
0: Yeah, for like that. this widow. There's yeah. a reason this follows that.
1: That's a shame. Yeah. yeah. Verse 7, so they ask him, saying, teacher, but when will these things be, and what sign will there be when these things are about to take place? Speaking of when the temple is going to be thrown down. And he said, Take heed that you do not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time ha- the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. Now, let me just pause there. In the punctuation here in the Scripture, it's saying that they will com- come in Christ's name, saying, I am he. There's, the
0: he there is inserted.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, looking at it, two different ways points of view that people can look at that whether they're saying that Jesus is is the Christ and still deceiving people mm. and or saying that they are Christ
0: right uh, there is two different things e-
1: here either one is wrong okay
0: and both are probably happening
1: yeah and have been happening since yep. that time yeah therefore do not go after them but when you hear wars and commotions do not be terrified for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. Then he said to them Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be great earthquakes in various places, and famines and pestilences, and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons and you'll be brought before kings and rulers for my namesake, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Therefore settle it in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer, for I will give you a mouth of wisdom which all of your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But not a hair of your head will be lost. By your patience, possess your souls.
0: There's a lot in that one.
1: Yes, wait on God. And don't be afraid. It you know, you, our lives are up just for a moment on this earth anyway. We should not fear what man can do to us.
0: Well, and he's saying here that even if you're really, really scared and you're you're Betrayed and brought in before the rulers, it says, "It will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony." Yeah. Now, I think he's speaking specifically to the apostles here, and we have to be careful of what we say. This mean this is for everyone,
1: for all time. Yes, he is talking specifically in this event to the apostles and the. To go back to the original context here. The talking about the days that will come when. The t- that when temple the would be thrown, thrown down. down. Yeah. yeah, and it was.
0: Well, but I, th- I think there is, and that, and this is our job is to kind of go through this and figure out what is for just for the apostles or whomever he's talking to, and what what is throughout history for us to learn from. And he says that he would he would give them the words that they need in that time of trouble. That I think is for everyone.
1: For everyone, for all time. Yeah. Yeah. And be patient and wait on God for His deliverance. Right, verse twenty. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart, and let not those who are in the country enter her, for these are the days of vengeance that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe to those who are pregnant, to those who are nursing babies in those days. For there will be great distress in the land of wrath among this people. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And that occurred. I mean, that has long since occurred. Uh, And...
0: But what about the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled?
1: Well, the the Gentiles, I believe, that's referring back to Daniel nine twenty seven, when the the time the temple will be trod underfoot, and God. Well, you know, it takes an explanation of Daniel nine twenty seven and what Paul said in Romans. There'll be a time when God is consummating a covenant with the Gentiles those who were formerly desolate because he has cut off and cut off Jerusalem and Judah and those of Israel who were formerly disobedient. That's discussed in length in Romans chapters 9 through 11. I think we went through that yeah. when we went through the book of Romans. And that time of the Gentiles has not yet been Finished. Fulfilled, right? No, it's not. Still being fulfilled. Yes, because all Judah will be brought back in to God when that occurs. Verse 25. Yep. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Of course, he's talking about the future there. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up and let and lift up your hearts, because your redemption draws near. Then he spoke to them in a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they're already budding, you see and know for yourself that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away until all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. And when he says this generation, I believe he's talking about the generation when these things occur. And it's talking about the coming, second coming of, of the Son of Man and the clouds of power and great glory great glory and there's a time when that's going to occur and there'll be much trouble up until that time
0: and isn't he saying here with the fig tree that believers should be able to know not the day the week or maybe even the month but they should know what the season is that this is coming yeah
1: the period of time that this is coming may not be a year right whatever but we know that there are troubled times, just like it was in the days of Noah, as he formerly said. Verse 34. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. And in the daytime, he was teaching in the temple. And at night, he went out and stayed on the mountain, called Olivet. Then early in the morning, all the people came to him in the temple to hear him.
0: So that was basically the companion scripture to Matthew 24. Very close to That's Luke's account, basically, of it, yeah.
1: Matthew 24 goes into great detail about what he said to the spiritual leaders in that day. Verse 20, chapter 22. Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew near, which is called Passover. By that time,
0: those, kind of those terms were them, interchangeable. Too. Maybe how we would use yeah. the spring holy days. Yeah. They're combined. And it encompassed yep. all the
1: whole period of time. Yep. As far as they were concerned and uh, how it would be viewed by the Jews and written. Verse 2. And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he promised and sought opportunity but to betray him to them in the midst of the multitude. Then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. So they said to him, Where do you want us to prepare? And he said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. Then you shall say to the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large furnished upper room where and there make ready. So they went and found it just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover. When the hour had come, he set down the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, "With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer."
0: Did he say that that was with fervent desire? He desired to eat the Last Supper with them.
1: No, he he called it, that was never referred right. to as that right. that way until Paul. Later time referred to that Passover as Christ's Supper. Yep. There's no question this was the Passover he was keeping. For I say to you, I'll no longer eat of it until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it amongst yourself. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Or it represents that new marriage or the new covenant. And behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Then they began to question among themselves which of them it was who would do this thing. Now there was also a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, who he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs as he who serves. For whoever is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I'm among you as the one who serves. Now just pause there. Everything we understand and come to know about true Christian New Testament governance in the church must be filtered through those
0: words the word minister means servant servant and I think that's been twisted around by the Roman Catholics and by the Protestants yes and it's yes. made it into even churches of God churches of God so we need to be really careful of that we're all supposed to serve each other
1: yes and whatever or however important a role we have it's there to serve
0: well, there's also something here for me in that uh, we sometimes elevate the apostles as if they were greater human beings or somehow angelic. And these were just men like us. Right. And here they were <laughs> sitting around talking about who is going to be the greatest. Um, but they were good men and their hearts were right. And that's something that I think we should take into consideration as well, yeah, within our own leadership and our own uh elders and and in our own homes is is we're we're all human we all have tendencies towards things that we shouldn't uh but it, it's about our heart, and that is the most important thing and i I think that's a little bit of what's being taught here
1: yes verse twenty eight But you are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my Father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And verse 31, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me, th- deny three times that you know me. And he the, said,
0: this was a really important thing to me. I think I brought it up not too long ago in our, our weekly study here Yeah, of Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you, mm-hmm. that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. That's a very powerful thing that I've obviously read many times. But this, the most recent time that I read it, it these these verses really struck me of of what's being said here, and I also wonder how how much more clear he could see things like this. Satan has asked for you uh, compared to what what we see. It's it's an interesting thing that I ponder.
1: You know, I, I don't have a certain answer to that, but you notice that he said, when you return to me. Yes. So I'm pretty sure Christ knew that Simon didn't have of himself the will to resist Satan. And that's why he knew he would end up denying him because Satan would fear. would influence him. Yes. Yeah. And uh, then he, he had assurance, though, that Peter would return to him. Fear
0: is his biggest tool, his, yeah. his biggest weapon against us is
1: fear. Yeah, we, we're afraid something's going to happen to us or we're yeah. going to look bad or we're going to lose our life if we stand with Christ. And It's not that way. Verse 35, And he said to them, When I sent you without money, bag, knapsack, and sandals, did you lack anything? So they said, Nothing. Then he said to them, But now he who has a money bag, let him take it, and likewise a knapsack. He who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. For I say to you that this which is written must still be accomplished in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors, for the things concerning me have an end. So they said, Lord, Lord, here are two swords. And he said to them, it is enough.
0: I'm unsure of what's being said here.
1: The only thing I can relate it to is what would happen later when Peter cut off the servant's ear. But he
0: told him not to use it. Yeah. And if you live by that, you're going to die by that. Yeah. So that's why I'm a little unsure of what's being f- said. It fulfillment
1: here. of a prophecy, I believe.
0: Okay. Or he's prophesying right here, yeah. and that's the fulfillment?
1: I'm not certain. I'd have to go back and look that up. It's know, not sure how earth shaking that is, but yeah, uh, it's important or it wouldn't be there. Verse thirty nine. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, "Pray that you may not enter temptation." And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, "Father." It is your will, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not your will, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, Why do you sleep, rise, and pray, lest you enter into temptation? And while he was still speaking, behold, a multitude, and he who was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When those around him saw what was going to happen, they said to him, Lord, shall we strike with a sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. And Jesus answered and said, Permit even this. And he touched his ear and healed him. And Jesus said to the chief priests, captains of the temple, and the elders who had come to him, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me. But this is your hour and the, hour and the power of darkness. Having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house, but Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them, and a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him, but he denied him, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, You also were of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Now after about an hour had passed, another confidentially affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he's a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you're saying. Immediately when he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Now the men who held Jesus mocked him and beat him, and having blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, who is the one who struck you? And many other things they blasphemously spoke against him. As soon as it was day, the elders of the people, both chief priests and scribes, came together and led him into their council, saying, If you're the Christ, tell us. And he said to them, If I tell you, you will by no means believe, and if I also ask you, you will by no means answer me or let me go. Hereafter the Son of Man will sit on the right hand of the power of God. Then they all said, Are you then the Son of God? So he said to them, You rightfully say that I am. And they said, What further testimony do we need? For we have heard it. Ourselves from his own mouth,
0: so we don't need anything else. We that's enough to kill him right there. Yeah, that's what they're saying.
1: Chapter twenty three. Then the whole multitude of them arose and led him to Pilate, and they began to accuse him, saying, "We found this fellow perverting their nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, a king." Then Pilate asked him, saying, "Are you the king of the Jews?" He answered them and said. It is as you say. So Pilate said to the chief priest in the crowd, I find no fault in this man. But they were the more fierce, saying, He stirs up the people teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee to this place.
0: Hang on. I just noticed something. Okay. In verse 2, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar. That's a lie. That's right. The That's old, a lie.
1: Everything they accused him of was a lie. Well, yeah. It, it, but he specifically,
0: yes. there's an account of him saying, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. There's also an account of him telling him, go get the money out of the fish's mouth and go pay it. Yes. Everything
1: about his trial, conviction, and death was illegal. Vaults. Wow. Verse 6. When Pilate heard of Galilee... He asked if the man were a Galilean, and as soon as he knew that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. Now when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad, for he had desired for a long time to see him, because he had heard many things about him, and he hoped to see some miracle done by him. Then he questioned him with many words, but he answered him, Christ Jesus answered him nothing. And the chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him. Then Herod and his men of war treated him with contempt and mocked him, arrayed him in a gorgeous robe, and sent him back to Pilate. That very day, Pilate and Herod became friends with each other, for previously they had been in enmity with each other.
0: This is not Herod the Great, no, correct?
1: this is his son, yeah. one of his sons. Yeah. Then Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, said to them, You brought this man to me as one who misleads the people. And indeed, having examined him in your presence, I found no fault in this man concerning those things of which you accuse him. No, neither did Herod, for I sent you back to him. And indeed, nothing deserving of death has been done by him. I will therefore chastise him and release him for it was necessary for him to release one of them at the feast. And they all cried out at once, saying, Away with this man, and release to us Barabbas, who had been thrown into prison for a certain rebellion made in the city and for murder. Pilate, therefore, wishing to release Jesus, again called out to them. But they shouted, saying, Crucify him! Crucify him! Then he said to them the third time, Why? What evil has he done? I found no reason for death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. But they insisted, demanding with loud voices that he be crucified. And the voices of those men of the chief priests prevailed. So Pilate gave sentence that it should be done as they requested. And he released to them the one they requested, who who for rebellion and murder had been thrown into prison. But he delivered Jesus to their will
0: this proves that it was not the romans who killed him
1: no he but Pilate didn't have to do what they said but he did yeah and he wanted to let him go it was the jews who had the greater fault yep yes but
0: they as we've talked about in the past they were somebody had to have this role yeah somebody had to have the role of, Jude, of and that it was judas given. did and, yeah and they took on these roles and
1: Verse 26, Now as they led him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon a Cyrenian, who was coming from the country, and on him they laid the cross, that he might bear it after Jesus. And a great multitude of the people followed him, and women also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus, turning to them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children, for indeed the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren wombs who never bore, and breasts which never nursed. Then they'll begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in the greenwood, what will be done in the dry? There were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. When they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and one on the, the other on the left. and an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew, This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you're the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do not even, do you not even fear God, seeing you're under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise.
0: Yeah, misplaced comma there. Yeah. The, I, it, it makes a big difference in, yeah. in how that's said.
1: I say to you today, you will be with me in right. paradise. It Not didn't mean Today. That, no. Because
0: Messiah didn't even go today. No, he was today. in the, in the was grave. In the gr- right. Three days and three nights.
1: And then he ascended to God, so he wasn't in paradise or heaven in that day. It's just a matter of later punctuation put in by English right. authors. It's
0: basically saying, I'm telling you right here, right now. That's right.
1: Now, it was about the six hours that there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. So when the centurion saw what was happening, what had happened, he glorified God, saying, certainly this was a righteous man. And the whole crowd who came together at to the sight, seeing what had been done, beat their breasts and returned. By all his but all his acquaintances and the women who followed him from Galilee stood at a distance, watching these things.
0: So this is a, a big thing. I think we've talked about it quite a lot, but it bears repeating: is the reason that the veil was rent in two here that that's just described is that is the barrier that was that the people demanded at the foot of the mountain. That's right. It's in between what it, them and God. That's it, what it, it was the barrier between the the commonplace and the holiest of holies uh, in the temple, and it was written too because it is now gone. That's right. At this moment, people, because of what he did, not because of anything we did, because of what he did, we now have the privilege to go directly to God through him, not through a human mediator. mediator that's
1: right that's exactly right verse 50 now behold there was a man named joseph a council member a good and just man he had not consented to their decision indeed he was from arimathea a city of the jews who himself was also waiting for the kingdom of god this man went to pilate and asked for the body of jesus then he took it down wrapped it in linen laid it in the tomb that was hewn out of the rock where no man had ever lain before. That day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew near. Because that's talking about the...
0: The Holy Day Sabbath.
1: Yeah. yeah. And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath.
0: On the Holy Day Sabbath.
1: According to the commandment.
0: So this guy Joseph of Arimathea must have been a we don't know much about him but no. he must have been a powerful man to be able to walk up to Pilate and say I want that body yeah and get it chapter 24 now on the first day of the week very early in the morning they and certain other women with them so these women that that was just describing came to the tomb bringing spices which they had prepared But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. So obviously these are angels that they're speaking to, correct? Yes, yes. I believe other accounts that's what's said. Yes. And they remembered his words. And they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them, who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to be like idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves, and he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. Now, this is the account that's, it's actually quite funny in the book of John. Yeah. <laughs> when, when John tells this, it's, it's he and Peter that ran there and John makes sure that everyone knows that he outran him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's fun. <laughs> now, behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained. So they did not know him, Jesus. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then one whose name whose name was Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Have you not known the things which happen there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and crucified him. Now, I, I made mention of this earlier in, in one of our podcasts. Is their eyes were blinded to the fact that this was going to happen, but even afterwards, here they are walking along, and they say, he was a great prophet. They, they still don't know that he's the Messiah. And we find out that here next that he has to really take him by the hand and walk them through it, and this was a process for them. And I think there's a really big lesson for us in in this, in that we don't get so—we um, we try not to be blinded by our beliefs as to what's happening right in front of us, right? Yes. So, like this, for instance, of, of everyone believing that in the end times we're all going to Petra and—, and <laughs> you know what I mean? If yeah. if that doesn't happen, that doesn't mean you aren't in the end times. You can't be so blinded by your belief that that is going to happen, that you miss out on what is actually happening before your eyes.
1: Yeah, but, you know, they were their minds were not opened yet fully here. And, yeah, I, and, and it's just not for their yeah, I think their former beliefs had clouded it because they were still looking for a kingdom
0: to come right, right then. And that he would – they would say to him, "Lord, Lord, are you now going to mm-hmm. uh, be the king of of the Jews?" Basically, and yeah, so yeah, it's it's just there's a lesson there. I think uh, to, to keep your eyes open as well as have have beliefs.
1: Yes. Verse twenty one.
0: But we were hoping that it was he who is going to redeem Israel. There it is.
1: Yeah, they were looking for it right then.
0: Right. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, the certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. Then he said, Jesus says to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses, so in the very beginning, he He goes through it historically, probably, and all the prophets. He expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where where they were going, and he indicated that he would, would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. So his job was done. Right. He left. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. Well, they had seen a spirit, but it was yes. it was a good spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold, my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, He showed them his hands and his feet, obviously where the wounds were from from the crucifixion. Yes. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with the power on high. Endowed, given, is that what? Yes. Until you get the power. Yes. And he led them out as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. And that concludes Luke. That is the book of Luke. It's it's a third-party account. Luke's hearing all these things, but Luke was obviously a very educated man, and and his writing is very good.
1: Yeah, you it's, were inspired by God to write this down.
0: Right. Um, there was something... Oh, when he, when he says that all these things had to come to pass, it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, um, that that was in the writings, and... It seems like to me that that was kind of Matthew's mission is, is to prove that he fulfilled point after point after point in the prophets and in Moses of the things that would come from the Messiah. And to put it in written form of this was to fulfill this and this was to fulfill this. And Luke, uh, his his uh, gospel is, is more... Uh, broader than that, I think, but uh, a lot of the same stories, a lot of the same things, also with Mark. But John's account is very different.
1: Yes, and it brings out a lot of the spiritual points, more so stresses. You know, I don't. I guess back in the Old Testament, the, the Book of the Kings was like a secular event of the history of things, but then the Chronicles listed the same history, but it stressed on the spiritual part much more. Okay. And I think we find that in John. Uh, He he talks about things and develops it in that manner more so than the others.
0: Okay. Well, we talked about doing that one next. Not sure 100% on what we're going to do next, but I I guess we'll find out when we come in next time, huh? We'll do that or we'll do something else. Yeah, we'll just let the Spirit guide us on what we're going to do. Anything else you want to offer here on the book of Luke?
1: No. No, I think it it uh i would just encourage everybody to get out and read it because you know we're doing a reading here but it's no substitute for your own personal reading
0: yeah and read read aloud to yourself it really does help richard encouraged me to do that and i now do it in my daily reading and it really really helps and yes. and i encourage others to do so and i that reminds me i forgot my little thing in the beginning where i encourage people to start in the beginning i yeah. Just not very good at hosting. And I'm out of practice. We haven't done this for a month.
1: <laughs> well, you, if anytime you start anything at the end, you're going to end up with a understanding yeah. lost. Begin at the beginning and go all the way through.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we thank you for listening today, and we hope to talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.